Hello! Welcome to the 20... Welcome to the 2021 team previews. This is why I don't do the hosting, because I mess up the date, the year that it is right now. And uh, this is the Chengdu Hunters episode. Long awaited. I can tell you right now, I can give you a little sneak preview. This week is the Chinese franchise week. It's the week where everyone went away and they did their research on the Chinese contenders teams and we, we took a moment and we grinded it out and now we're coming to the table with some fresh information. Well, well part, of, part of the excitement with Plat Chat, as you know, if you read Reddit comments, is are they going to be re researched up or not? Exactly. Are they going to know what they're talking about or not? Yep. We'll see you later. I was told uh, two hours ago, so... Uh... <laughs> All right, you, you always come prepped with an excuse, though, George. You always come prepped with an excuse. It's not an excuse if it's just reality. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose that is true. All right. Whoa. I, I did my ask... research, though. I did, I did, yeah, I've, got a few, I've got a few notes written down. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited about these teams. And, you know, by process of exclusion as well, you can see that we're saving the, the big boys until next week as well. But I want to I run people through some big topics for the Chengdu Hunters here. I, I want to I wanna talk about why you should be excited for Chengdu in 2021. This is a team that's always been defined by the wacky stuff that they've done in the past. The word, the word wacky has never... <laughs> the word wacky has never been used more in a descriptor of a team than with the Chengdu Yota Chad Hunters. Um, but now they have one of the largest rosters in the entire league, and they have, like, replacements at every position. It seems like they're taking it very seriously. They don't have the same weaknesses that they did before. What, what, what are you guys most excited about for 2021 with this team? Joss, do you want to start off with your, yeah, with your yeah, small yeah. research? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, Considering... <laughs> Oh, man. They had their own style, right, last year, which yeah. was kind of, well, we can't really play much, but we can play Wrecking Ball really well. Uh, let's just try and evolve around this Wrecking Ball pick and let Among just do his thing. And I think kind of repairing some of that is bringing on a lot of extra tanks, a lot of extra supports, a lot of extra everybody, pretty much. I think this is a pretty good look for the Chengdu Hunters, honestly. It does, uh, I think a lot of fans can breathe a sigh of relief and that, you know, maybe unfortunately we're not going to see Among every single game playing Wrecking Ball, but they're going to perform, I think, pretty well in uh, different metas. I don't think Wrecking Ball is that good right now. There's more rush than anything else. So maybe if they do go for a little bit of dive, um, they can swap out the Winston for, for Among on the, on the ball, but... I mean, they picked up a couple of nice players from Team CC who have just consistently been the best team in China for a long time in, in contenders in Tier 2. And I think they've got a lot of upcoming talent that uh, a fair few people should be pretty excited about. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're picking up people like Gaga, Farway, you're going to be expecting big things. And I think under this kind of leadership and the experience from people like Lee, Late Young, uh, Yveltal, Among and whatnot, and Jinmu, I think... Very, very good look uh, for the Hunters as a whole. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if you wanted me to give you the off-season headline, yeah, like just like an extreme headline, you know, like okay. over-exaggerated, something to bring the clicks in. That's what I want. It would be, that, yeah. Oh. Then it would be something in the style of, what if the Chengdu Hunters built a complete Chinese super team? We're not quite there yet, okay? That's, that's the extreme version, okay? Because, because the reality is, okay, there's a couple of players left in Chinese contenders that they could have picked up. There's some questionable choices on the roster. Who knows if they're right or wrong? But for example, Super Rich is not on this roster, who was very much praised in Chinese contenders. Yeah. People really like Dia as the hitscan DPS from Chinese contenders. Gu Shui yeah. is still on the Hangzhou Spark. So yep. there's a few, you know, like asterisks to the roster. But for the most part, they've picked up really good players. Most of them, the best in the region for their roles. And they're finally trying to complete this team and move away from like the Among Wrecking Ball show yeah. and Jinmu just flying off the rafters with Hanzo and like trying to hit cool shots, okay? With the addition of Gaga, most importantly, you get a main tank that can actually play most heroes, and now you're starting to resembling something of a complete team 
that can compete with some of the best in APAC. Before I get into the roster and before we really dig deep into that, do you think there's a risk that they lose their identity? Because for years, Chengdu has been the team, for two years now, they've been the team that is, if you are a fan of chaos, if you're a fan of cool stuff, if you want a team that, all right, they're not going to deliver you the wins, but you like pandas and you like wrecking ball and you like flashing Chaotic plays. Chaotic good. Yeah, that's, that's what your team was. But in their attempt to assemble what you would call like an attempt at a Chinese super team here, they're probably going to move away from that. Yeah, but I mean, that play style has its limitations. No, if they had stuck to that, no one would have predicted them to be top four APAC. Hangzhou Spark would have been better. Seoul Dynasty, people would have thought higher off. Shanghai Dragons, maybe even New York Excelsior. I mean, there's some good... Philadelphia Fusion, there's some good freaking teams in APAC. And so that style had its limitations. And you know, like with all memes, okay? Memes die. The, the <laughs> hype dies down, okay? Dogecoin is not going to hit all-time high after all-time high, okay? Because Ricardo's still bored. popular, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Ricardo play. Maybe. That's a, that's, a, that's a meme that has cycles, you know? It keeps reoccurring because it's so good, okay? It's going to become nostalgia at some point. Chengdu Hunters... Maybe we'll have a Among nostalgia at some point. But the meme started to die down. And I think this was the perfect season to try to move away from that. And especially in the fashion they did. Yes, it would have been concerning if they moved away from that and then didn't. Like, actually made the best pickups possible. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. for the most part, they made some really good pickups that makes the case... Maybe it was about time you guys moved away from that Among and Jinmu uh, favorite style. Okay, so that's what I want to focus on then. Because Eamon and Jinmu are still on this team. But I feel like, especially Eamon, defined this roster within the Overwatch League. Their previous attempts at getting well-rounded main tanks failed. I mean, who did they even have? They had Aiting. They had... Oh, yeah, Aiting. Um, yeah. Who, was, who was the... Oh, Fuck, I can't remember who the other guys were now. They had... Uh, we're not researched. <laughs> I can't remember the name of them because they barely played at all. Who was the guy that like yeah. swam across the ocean for them and Wasn't, barely played? I thought that was Aiting. Uh, was it not? Aiting, right? No, no, no. The, it, the, I'm looking was... at their 2019. Yeah, but Jichiren was someone in 2018 Jichiren. Jichiren. Oh, yeah. That's who I was thinking of as well because these guys, these guys were supposed to be the... Um, the, the like double act with Eamon, where Eamon would come in and Eamon would play the the ball or the Orissa for them. And then Jichirin or Aiting would play the Reinhardt and the Winston. And that never worked. It, I mean, it literally, that system did not function at any point correctly. Aiting ended up, uh, sorry, uh, Eamon had to end up picking up the, the Reinhardt. I mean, there was that famous game where they played against the Vancouver Titans and he, he went to the oh, bumper. Yeah. But generally speaking, it wasn't the most the strongest main tank for him. And then he even, last season, played a little bit of Winston. Despite the fact he hadn't played Winston before that in his entire Overwatch career <laughs> as a main tank. I mean, this guy is an outlier of all outliers. So what I want to start with here is the discussion around their main tank. Eamon is still on the roster. But Gaga has come in. Who do you expect to see have the most playtime? And who the hell plays Wrecking Ball for this team if they do have to play it at some point? What, what, what's your thoughts? Well, I think Gaga will get most of the playing time. And especially hearing what most of the people who like follow Chinese contenders religi- religiously has to say, Gaga is complete. He can play most of the heroes, right? At a very high level. So yes. he can cover your Reinhardt, Winston, Urisa, and all that. But he also has a really good ball. And so that becomes the big question, as you just mentioned. Okay, well, who is going to play Wrecking Ball? I think we're at this point now where if you have really high ambitions, if you're the Chengdu Hunters, you can put in Gaga in ball metas and still think that like you're doing the best decision for the team long-term and short-term. And so that's going to hinder some of the playtime that we'll see Among get uh, within this league. So I know that you've also really studied up on some of these players, Sideshow, but I would say that given Gaga's resume, you would have him play pretty much all the main tank heroes. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of disagree. 
What's your thoughts? I think having, yeah, I think having Among as a specialist on the Wrecking Ball, it will be m- way more beneficial than having Gargar stretched so thin across every single tank. My my thought process with it is that Gargar's best main tank was his ball. So that changes the dynamic quite a lot sure. as well. Where it's like, if you're going to have Eamon specialize, here's the other thing as well. I feel like some context needs to be set here. Eamon was the best ball in the league when no one was playing ball. Like none of yeah. the other main tanks in the league had put significant time into learning ball properly. The second best ball was like Rio, maybe? Dude, and people then, were talking about Muma as a really good ball back then. Yeah, and like Gamsu was pretty good on the ball. But I mean, the standards were low because ball wasn't really in the meta. We only ever had, I think there was like two weeks last season where ball was meta and Chengdu got a lot of wins off the back of it when uh, people were playing ball Zarya back in 2020. Um, <laughs> I, do you remember that that week? People were playing... Those comps and like that was during the bands, right? That was uh, the yeah, hero was bands. Like, yeah, it was one of the one of the one of the hero rotation pools. weeks. Yeah, and I yeah. can't remember exactly what was out to to lead to that, but I I think that my personal theory is that having watched contenders recently and like Gauntlet and stuff, that people have played more ball recently, and especially in contenders because. They've actively had a competition to work towards. They've been trying to play team-focused ball and not just ranked ball. And so the level of ball gameplay this year, if it, if it comes into the meta at any point, should be higher than it's ever been by a long way. Like, yeah. in theory, the ball gameplay from these guys from contenders, like Gaga and, like, um, I guess, uh, Hardy as well, who looks pretty proficient on the ball... Um, I always forget who the other rookie main tanks are that are coming into the league this year. But basically anyone who's been playing ball in contenders recently while it was the meta should be better than the other main tanks that have been in the Overwatch League that were picked up initially and signed without any idea of how good they were on ball. Like those guys are just going to have to... They've been playing it in ranked, sure, but almost all of their ball experience is just going to come from having played it recently in ranked. They haven't been playing it for years and years. It's not something that people have been like hyper-focusing on and no one other than Eamon had it as a pocket pick. So I, I almost think that the idea that Eamon is still going to be the best ball this year is one that should be reconsidered. Like that premise coming into the league that Eamon will be the best ball is probably not going to be true unless Eamon has continued to get better and better. Because the league around him should have, to some degree, caught up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a Wrecking Ball meta very recently. So obviously that means that those people competing in that meta and contenders are just going to contribute massively from all that scrim time, all the theory crafting, and all that goes with that. That is harder to come by if you're waiting for the Overwatch League to start and you're not in these tournaments and you're not VOD reviewing all these opponents. Like, that. that's actually one thing that people forget about sometimes. Yeah, you can scrim and practice all you want, but, like, something that you do if you're in a tournament is you actually VOD review your opponents and then you theory craft, like, indirectly about how you should play and how you can utilize your heroes, etc. And that's what some of these contenders players are doing so like if you're team cc and you're playing contenders finals and stuff you're going to be very into maximizing the efficiency of certain metas and that's where ball players like gaga is going to push that hero to its limitations whereas amon can't really do that i still think that Among is a ball specialist, and I think that he loves this hero so much that he's going to be at the forefront of what he what you are capable of doing on this hero. Sure. But that being said, I think that as we've seen with so many player turnover in Overwatch in general, generally speaking, if you're early in Overwatch, like 2016, 2017, you develop a mindset, you develop tendencies and everything that goes with it, that sound, that then like the younger generation moves away from and they start incorporating other ways to think about the game, to play the game, etc. And that's what might happen to ball players in that like the older guard of ball players, they might have one way to approach the hero and play the hero. And then the new guard like comes in with like a new set of habits that is improved because they've learned from all these people, etc. So we might just enter like the second generation of ball players within the next couple of years. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Eamon is sick. Like, yeah. I, I'm not saying that he's bad at ball. I mean, look at his POV here. The guy's getting work done. 
it's, I mean, he it's was absolutely bopped around a minute ago, bro. If you were looking a few minutes ago when they were on Shrine, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was of... just getting absolutely bopped. Yeah, but but I I think that the uh, the average level in the league should be way higher. And I think yeah, that there's an sure. argument to be made that just the the um, synergy with Gaga and the added scrim time of having him in every other meta would maybe lead them to just field Gaga full time, even on the ball. I could definitely um, see it, but. Uh, yes, uh, honing into Gaga, I think he was, in my opinion, he looked like the second best main tank coming out of Contenders this year. From the research that I've done, I feel... Yeah. yeah, after Mag, yeah. Um, I feel the most confident about Gaga because, like you said, Jonathan, he has the breadth of main tanks at his disposal, but he also has one that he hyper-specializes on. It's not the same as Mag. I'd say Mag's hyper-specialized on Winston, like more so yeah. than his other main tanks. But for Gaga, it's the ball. And that's so cool to me because Chengdu might still keep their quirky streak of trying to force the ball a bit more. But they'll, they, won't be, they won't be required to be gimmicky. But they can if they need to. That, to me, is really cool. And that, I think, is something that fans should be excited about next year. Yeah, for sure. I just hope that, you know, they sort of take... They, I sort of hope they play a little bit more meta. But I do think that you're right in that, you know, they're really good at ball and, like, Jinmu excels as well, like, in the chaos, as we're talking about so many times. So, like, they have a lot of components that really excel in that playstyle and do well in that playstyle. But I don't want the Chengdu Hunters to be comfortable in that and just rely on that. So I do hope that we see some more ball from Gaga. But for the most part, like, if the meta is rush. Can we at least see Gaga yeah. on the Reinhardt, for example? And yeah, th yeah. that kind of development for the team. Because I think long-term, this team has very high prospects and ambitions. And I think they have the player skill and multiple metas to make it work, whatever it is. What do you think about the line of thought that because the league evolves every single year, and we didn't discuss it on this, but the plat chat just gone, but um, we talked about how because the Overwatch League and players in general just get better and better and better, it's just the game naturally progresses the less and less likely a team is going to run this kind of quirky thing that's off meta because everybody is getting better surely you have to stick to the meta more because if you don't you're just going to get rolled over because people are just so good at now at playing that meta and there's a reason why that comp is uh, currently played the most yeah i i could see that happening but i think that the there might still be space to experiment even at the moment, like um, there's a lot of talk about, there's a lot of very recent talk about Rush being potentially the meta at the beginning. But yes, I think it is. Personally. But when I watch the NYXL and Guangzhou scrim recently as well, they're still playing a lot of dive on maps that allow dive, like the Monkey and Zarya um, double bubble dive comps were still prevalent. On Here's the interesting thing. Just I don't want to. I, yeah. I don't want to. I, just quick interruption. Actually, I watched Costa stream the other day, and he compared the ladders uh, and what people were playing. So if you watch Top 500, you know, you see what heroes yes, are playing. Yeah, yeah. Europe and North America, most of it just like Reinhardt, for the most yeah. part, just Reinhardt, main tanks doing really well, and then some Saria. Korea is still a lot of like Wrecking Ball or like yeah. Senyata in the previous meta. So it's very interesting. You mentioned New York and Guangzhou, of course, but like the two regions have different metas right now. Definitely. So. Yeah. yeah, and and they, I think that will continue throughout the the league though as well because you've separated them into two little bubbles that only interact yeah. with each other. It's one of my favorite things about year. last year. Unfortunately, we couldn't have all these homestands, but it did create two kind of different metas. I think I yeah, compared yeah. it last time as well to uh, games like League of Legends, where you have sometimes quite a defined meta between the two, uh, the few regions that they have especially in somewhere like china where they always seem to come up with like a really hyper aggressive style of uh play and they also then choose their the champions that they excel on or that excel doing that kind of thing they yeah, yeah. excel at assassinating things so like that was yeah unfortunately but the cool thing about it is that when they eventually do meet in the finals or the playoffs or whatever, there's going to be this clash of metas and these clash of styles. And like yeah. Korea and um, APAC as a region in general have always been a little bit more dive orientated or like hyper aggro yeah. Yeah. and like playing the heroes as well that a lot of people are famous for as well. It's like yes. Jonak could play Zen. A lot of people in Q are probably going to want to play Zen. It was like yeah, the time yeah. when Faker was around when he was making his Zed super famous. Like, 
everybody was playing Zed because Faker was playing Zed. Like there are these, I think as well to keep in mind, there are, I believe, some small outliers where it might not be fully meta, but if a, a popular player is playing this hero currently an absolute ton, you're probably going to see that as well in that region that he is most popular in, he or she is most popular in. Yeah, to, to answer your question, I think that we'll move more towards, and like this is like very futuristic and might be a hot take, but I think we'll move more towards like a playbook kind of scenario when it comes to compositions and playstyles. Because I've noticed a tendency in professional Overwatch as well that sometimes will just run into these like road bumps in a meta where something becomes like a small meta for like two, three weeks. Where like a, a good example is how many times we say that Ana is a really bad hero and like just terrible, like can't get the same value as like a Senyara can or some of the other flex supports. And then we always run into these like small road bumps where a team makes the Ana work because they're either getting too much value from the biotic grenade or the sleep dart or you forget the power of nano blade or like nano whatever right and i think some of that is from you're forgetting how to play against certain heroes and so you have to remember like oh right against anna we're playing this way this is how you shut her down with like the, the, the matrix or sometimes we'll see some quote-unquote meta bumps where people just start playing rush and they're like hey we just play the objective and just rush to the objective and then you have to like takes two weeks to think about like oh how did we play against rush we have to play these kind of heroes and like position this way because people for forget how to play against some metas and i think as we developed more and more compositions and more play styles i think we'll have a bit of a playbook scenario where you'll be like hey let's surprise them by just playing like the nanoblade composition or hey let's surprise them pick rush and just rush the objective and we'll catch them off guard so i still think there's room for some small like off picks to surprise your opponent when they're not ready or have forgot how to play against certain compositions especially when you consider that there are only going to be four matches played in each meta this year before the tournaments themselves that, I think, gives very little time for teams to truly get to the, uh, get to the perfect meta. So I think even though right. the, if we had a, the prior season format, or even season one format would be even better for this, or season, season two format, two. but in seasons three and four, as we've introduced hero pools, and now in season four where we've got um, such a reduced number of matches being played, I think the opportunity to pull out, you know, like a, a, a rush comp or a slightly different composition, or maybe you play what the opposite region is playing and it works within your region for a small amount of time, uh, or it's like even better because people haven't figured out how to play against it. I think there could be opportunities to play a little bit quirkily um, for Chengdu. And, and I think the region supports the way that they want to play as well. It, the, the APAC region in my opinion, is much better than the NA region for a team like Chengdu that likes to play more, um, more Genji, more Dive, more potentially Balzaria kind of stuff rather than the, the Rush comps. I think that, that that could probably be beneficial for them. The thing that I wanted to get to eventually, though, talking about the... Hello again. Talking about the Chengdu Hunters <laughs> is the their off-tank situation. Because I've, in the past, yeah. been a big critic of Chengdu Hunters off-tank and generally speaking Chinese off-tanks as well because there seemed to be there have seemed to be there has seemed a, a big lack of talent within the region for years I mean the best historically the best Chinese off-tank has probably been late young if you go yeah. way back with his success in like Miraculous Youngster etc but at an Overwatch League level Late Young does not cutteth the mustard. And El Elsa was the person that got played for the majority of the time in this team as well. Mm. And I wouldn't have Elsa as like a, a top off tank in the league either. Um, I'm a little lower on Elsa than a lot of people, I think. But even the highest proponents of Elsa don't have them in the same category as, you know, you're like wrong and above if we want to talk about uh, the the people who are top five in the off tanks in the Overwatch League, but the pickup of Liga, I am oh sorry that what, that's for the the uh, the next Hangzhou yep. yeah, yeah confused there for a moment but the I think the the discussion around the off tanks 
and the fact that they've in fact missed out on Liga could be could be potentially pivotal for them moving forwards. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that of how it, the integration of Gaga is going to work within this system. Yeah, I mean that this is where the asterisk comes in that I mentioned earlier when it came to my headline about complete Chinese superstar team missing out on Liga is big because I'm on your side actually where I've not been a big fan of Elsa I think it actually aided his brand a little bit that sometimes he would flex away from off tank and play some more funny heroes quote-unquote I mean he played the Symmetra like... for them in in season two they had some awesome strats where they played Hanamura and he was playing Sim and TPing them around yeah, and I'm pretty sure I remember him playing like May on like Nepal Village or something. I, 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 maybe he played even Sombra at some point. So like he was like, quote unquote, the funny, flexible off tank. But in the long run, you need peak performance on the key off tank heroes. And I think that Elsa is going to be one of the weaker players on this team. Because now, looking at the roster overall, and we'll get to that later, but like looking at the entire roster, this is a roster that has like, big ambitions like they're capable of great things and so i think comparing relatively to some of the other players on this roster i think off tank could be a bit of a weak spot and missing out on liga is pretty big what, what yeah do you i think, think with uh, with rush difference? especially is like an in-game kind of perspective if your Zaya is not good or like uh, at least not competing with the enemy team Zaya, you're just gonna lose it's actually if you lose Zarya, it's like losing bab in uh especially when it comes to rush your Ryan has to like then permanently hold shield you can't really do much else to help your Ryan you might as well just get rolled over as soon as your Zarya dies like yeah. having a good Zarya in that kind of comp where you need the Ryan to be like soaking a bit of damage so you can charge up and then um being able to soak things as well with those bubbles uh you're just gonna get rolled like bowled over in in seconds because their zarya is gonna just destroy you just through charge and then being able to protect the rest of his team as well i think it, that's gonna yeah. be a major tipping point especially in game i'm very much focused on the in-game aspect at this point not like looking at the players saying oh they're bad off tanks or like bad zarya sure. players or whatever but it's 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 worrying to me when a meta does appear to be more rush favored with zarya and ryan if your off tank is not at the caliber of one of the, you know, Krong and above, like you were saying, you're going to be at a massive disadvantage because at that situation, there's only so much your DPS can do to kind of fend off the enemy tanks or like maybe going for a, a wild pick somewhere. I, I do worry for teams that have weaker off tanks uh, this, at least the start of the season when I think this meta is going to uh, sure. reign true. I also think that when you consider some of the dive compositions at the moment have Even very heavily well. featured Zarya's, yeah. that it brings a Worrying. large question mark up for the Chengdu Hunters as to who they even field. Because Late Young has historically been the Zarya player for the for the team. Like He is he is an off-tank that is known for his Zarya, which is weird, actually, in the history of off-tanks. That's not a normal thing since, like, 2016. Like since Diva has been a thing, and then Sigma, people normally think about off tanks in terms of the, your strengths. On Sig and Diva, yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I don't exactly know whether they're going to be fielding like Elsa if it comes to Zarya being fielded, or whether they're going to go back to late young. I think that's a, a real question that needs to be answered for this team, and I think that it might people might underestimate how much impact that'll make to Gaga, um, because. When he was playing under Team CC, he had a phenomenal off-tank partner there ready to support him. And that's now that synergy has been broken up a bit. Uh, yeah, you could argue I the mean, synergy isn't as important when you're playing ball, but I think it's still, it's still present and it's incredibly important with a lot of other tank duos. Yeah, I mean, Late Young is also a two-way player now. So then the question becomes like, oh, is he going to be your Saria player? Well, then you'll probably have to promote him i I'm, i don't recall the exact rules of how many games you can play now as a two-way player i think it used to be like two right because i think philly ran into some yeah, drama there with Elk i think it was like but... two per stage or something i can't even remember and then it's, but yeah. there's only two games per stage i don't even know <laughs> man it's those rules have always been extremely confusing and not really yeah. that useful for the league overall but but yeah it, it, it's definitely a worrying it's 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 a worrying uh, uh, point about this Chengdu Hunters team going into the regular season because as I've mentioned, they have to figure that out now. Like, is Elsa going to play all the off tanks? Um, 
is that going to be enough or do you have to sign late young to a full-time contract so you can get some of that Saria? are we clinging into late young Saria three years later while it's not as <laughs> yeah, proven exactly. as it used to be <laughs> that's another like opinion or question you can post yourself so um i i think there are definitely questions about the off-tank position when it comes to Chengdu hunters um but i i don't know i just hope it goes well because i'm psyched about the roster yeah. let's let's take a look at their supports then let's let's go yep. moving on to the supports because like Jonathan said way back at the beginning of this video, Super Rich is one of the players from Chinese contenders that got passed over. He's the main support for the um, for Team CC, who we talked about them winning in China. They didn't just win in China. They won the whole of Gauntlet. Like They were the, the best um, team in Tier 2. That's above all of the Korean contenders teams. Which who, is nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, the first which time is that's, crazy. That's the first time that's ever happened. People should be so excited about Chinese talent coming into the scene this year. People like Gaga, people like um, Farway uh, are, are really awesome talents. And what I'm, what I'm wondering, though, is why Super Rich didn't get picked up and why, I believe, Jonathan, can you correct me here, Eveltal is still on, is on a two-way contract, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I so, think he's on a two-way, and they got Nisha playing the sole so main support. they are yeah. just going to have Farway and Nisha then, basically. basically no, well, they did pick up someone two days ago, I think. Oh, or did they? hinted at. It was hinted at them did picking they? up a new flex support. Uh, oh. I can't remember his name. It was the second best. I think it was the second best Chinese contenders flex support. Uh, also really good at Senanana, uh, but plays better BAP, I think was the rumor then far away i mean okay shit i'm trying to find his name but they rumored against it they like did one of those like who's that pokemon kind of thing oh really <laughs> properly announced yet uh yeah sorry it was on reddit like last night i I'll try to look it up talk what sorry monk i think it was monk right okay i'm i'm completely unaware of him because i haven't done my research on him because i didn't know he was joining the overwatch league so Okay. I, well, it, I, I think probably... it's a flex support to like compete with uh, Far Away 1987, um, but brings a better BAP is the gist oh. I got. Okay, that's not my most well well researched opinion ever. So Reddit people, if you take <laughs> issue with that opinion, point it out, please upload it, etc. But I think that's the gist <laughs> of it. So uh, right, they, they're okay. rounding out the support a little bit. Well, what? Hmm, that's interesting because the flex support was not a worry for me in the slightest. I, I suppose maybe getting a BAP to complement Farway would have been a decent idea because I haven't seen how good that is particularly. Like, I've seen Farway more on the traditional flex support roles. But what I did see from Farway was pretty cracked. Like, the guy's really good. And I, I was actually going to compliment the Farway pickup considering that the Chengdu Hunters last year had uh, Molly on their roster who, if Brent yeah. was here as well, would be talking about how he's one of the most underrated talents in the league because whenever we would cast APAC, Bren would be enamored with how good uh, Molly was and he, he seems like a very talented replacement for that role uh, far away. Um, my questions though were more around running Nisha full time. Now Nisha used to have a different alias and I can't for the life of me remember yes. what it was and has actually been playing Illusion? The Pink Ocean? Pink Ocean. I'm just reading Liquipedia, mate. It says alternate IDs. Pink Ocean. Maybe that's his alt account. Illusion. Okay. Illusion. 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 Yeah. Illusion yes. is the is the one that I remember, not Pink Ocean. I don't know where he goes by <laughs> Pink Ocean. Might but... be a Smurf name. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But um, uh, when I watched, he retired and then came back and changed his name. By the looks of it. Yeah. When I watched him play previously, I didn't think he looked that great. And so if I was going to consider adding another flex support to the team, uh, sorry, another support to the team, it would have been the main support position. Or yeah. keep Eviltal, because I thought Eviltal was fucking good, like really yeah. good, especially in the Mercy position that he was playing a lot of. Eviltal has always been good within that role. So I don't know. It feels like when I look at the tank and the support lines for, um, for Chengdu, they have an elite level talent at main tank and flex support, and then a talent that I'm confused about or not as hyped about at the off tank and the main support. So I'm left with, a, with the feel that it should be a fantastic team, and yet I can't be 
sure about it. I can't feel... Ah, I don't know. Like, like I still have my questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think with main support especially, there is some leeway to give where I give like the benefit of the doubt, probably to my, uh, probably to my doom. I shouldn't do that. But I do think that it's more of like, how do they like fit into your team? All of that good stuff. Not in any way defending the fact that they didn't pick up Super Rich because I think everyone who's actually started up on the region and even like read something understands that Super Rich was this like huge talent that deserved to be in the Overwatch League and everyone loves him. Um, and I do agree with you that Uveltal was a really solid main support. One of the better players on Chengdu Hunters dating back last couple of years, right? So we would have liked to see him. And now Nisha is going to be this question mark. Uh, but then you have uh, these other main supports being picked up in the league as well. Like New York Excelsior, the main support escapes me, but it's from uh, OSED Gaming Friday. Oh. Got picked up as yeah, well. Right. And yeah. like there are some of these main support pickups where we're just like, well, that's that's odd. Like yes, that doesn't yeah, yeah. make a ton that's of sense. Very true. So, you know, it's hard to say how big of a downgrade is that a massive downgrade, a smaller downgrade? Like, we don't really know. But the, 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 the opinion seems to be that Nisha is not on the level of super rich, and it is a big question mark heading into the league for uh, the Chengdu Hunters. So we'll, we'll sort of have to see, but I'm citing more of the... It might be a downgrade, but we don't know to what extent until we actually see it in action. Well, then, it's time to get onto the cracked DPS line, to be honest, because yep. what would Chengdu be if they didn't have cracked DPS involved. Um, are either of you anime fans? No. Not really. I, I dabble. <laughs> I dabble. Not... I have partaken. Uh, yeah, I've partaken. Do, do yeah. you have a Crunchyroll not... subscription, Joss? No. Okay. That's the bar. That's yeah, the bar. anime fan then, are you? Uh, because no. apparently Jinmu and Kaneki are like the same thing, but just said in different ways or something <laughs> oh um, i don't I understand think... because i'm not i neither speak mandarin nor am i an anime fan but apparently there's like J jinmu and kaneki are both i don't know like the name of a character or something but oh. that's using different like maybe one of them's using romanization and the other is saying the mandarin you're talking about I, the name oh, I don't know. the name itself of the players i don't know don't know. All right. He's oh wait, is the, the, the name itself of the players? It's not based on anime. Where have I just gone that from? No, no. But I'm I'm asking you. You're, you're not talking about the hero pool or playstyle. You're talking about the name of the two players. I'm talking literally about the name of the players. I thought the name yeah. of the players was supposed to be the same in some in some way. I don't know. Maybe right. I've got the complete wrong end of the stick, and it was just talking people talking about their 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 hero pools because their hero pools are very similar. But yeah. I thought I thought there was something to do with like. The, the name being the same, but I was hoping one of you two could shine light on it, and unfortunately, you're... Uh, you're... I'm not read up on their names, no. no. I mean, neither am I. No Maybe someone will be able to inform us in the comments and, and tell the other people. If you have any idea what I'm talking about at all, please <sighs> yeah. post a comment, because I'm lost. Nice. I'm, I'm deep is. in the source right now. Hit us with a oh. lore. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, Tokyo. Wait, I've seen Tokyo Ghoul. You are shite. I don't what remember, do we even though. have you I on the show thought, for, Jules? I saw it like four years ago. Is this... Right, where does where... Jinmu fit into the picture? Control F Jinmu. I have, I just made, have I just made up the Jinmu connection? Maybe you have. <laughs> maybe I have. Maybe, maybe uh, he's uh, called... Jinmu's not on the page. I do not know. Wait, I'll go to Jinmu's Wikipedia page. They know everything. Yeah. Here, there we go. We'll get some detective work going on. In the meantime, His ID Jinmu means it's Chinese letters. It's named after the major character Kaniki Ken of an anime oh, Tokyo Ghoul. Where... There you go. Wikipedia knows. Whoa, <laughs> that's cool. Okay, there we go. Josh was right. There we go. So yeah, I guess means... I guess Jinmu then is the Romanization. No, is oh, no, the, not the Chinese name for Kaneki Ken. They call yeah. it like... The, two, the, two, the first two Chinese letters are the same. Yeah. Of Kaneki Ken and Jinmu. I, I am know. so ignorant I, This is my detective this. work. I'm so yeah. unbelievably ignorant. Maybe but his that is cool. That is yeah. pretty cool. It is kind of cool, isn't it? Now, the yeah. weird thing is as well that they're 
pretty similar players. Maybe like, they're yeah. the same person. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's but it was just two pictures of him, but it's before and after he had a haircut or something. <laughs> when I he's when just I watched, grabbing double the back. When I watched some vods of Kaneki, though, he seems very talented, but he doesn't seem to have the same um the zing. Fuck you energy that Jinmu exudes at all times, which could be a positive thing for this team because Jinmu is a very Jinmu player. There's mm -hmm. yeah. There's no putting I'm, a leash on him. You kind of have to let him go. I'm going to have to quickly look it up again, but I only managed to get surface level research done on this, but Kaneki hasn't played much. Um, uh, I didn't even spell his name now. Oh, I'm not going to be able to spell that. But um, from what I saw on over.gg, like his, his games, like his match history, like he hasn't really played much that, um, that much in 2020. Um, he played a few times. He played once in season one of 2020 contenders in China. He played once, uh, three times in the Netties tournament, and then a few more times in. Oh, that that is still the same season. It was just in the middle. Okay, so yeah, he didn't really play that much by the looks of it last year. Um, again, very very surface level research. I I didn't get. Yeah, I don't know whether Over.gg tracks much. the whole Chinese contender scene accurately, though, as well. Ah, uh, okay, know. that but, that definitely makes sense then. But if but that's also because I was I was thinking if and looking at the hero pools, like if they are the same, why would you ever field him over Jinmu? But I but I I also mean, you could be totally correct because when I do research in these players, I don't really look into like the history of them too much because it tends to be very difficult to get good information about that i tend to just like look at whatever vods i can find and try and see if they look any good um mm -hmm. so i i don't know like i don't know how much playtime he got and stuff like that i wasn't actively following the chinese contender scene while it was happening live i'm just looking at the vods after the fact and trying to spot talent and spot playstyle yeah. stuff um yeah so yeah the, the, there will be people out there like um uh uh, the the casters that have been doing the, the Chinese contenders season, um, who would be able to give a much a much better understanding. I know that, for example, um, God, I've forgotten his fucking name now as well. He's a he's a good analyst too. Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi was yeah. on um, the Tactical Crouch podcast, and Kenobi is deep in the Chinese scene. I mean, he's probably their go-to yeah. kind of journalist i get, suppose well i think analyst but, really isn't he but, yeah but uh, like uh, I, I you know i wanted to say analyst but you know he probably does more than that you know like he covers the scene more than i think most people so yeah so he he i'm sure would be able to provide a more accurate breakdown but i um yeah i i think that you seem like they've just tried to add pieces to fill playstyle holes as well as um finding new talent and i think that jinmu was a very when i when i think about jinmu i think he locks you into a specific style of game to be honest yeah, sure. like he has a lot yeah. of talent but he, you're playing jinmu's game if jinmu is in exactly and that was the way i was going to describe it as well essentially they're the same player but jinmu is axe body spray and that's the key difference between the two players <laughs> body spray. and that's you know sometimes it's good to have the axe body spray kind of play style and sometimes maybe just like stay back a little bit. So I think it complements nicely. But I also, I mean, I'm just a fan in general. Like if you pick up two, two flex players who have like roughly same uh, play style and then you also have leave. But besides the point, I, I'm just saying like, I, I, I think it really shows that you're really investing in this roster and this team um, and really trying to make something of it. So um, I, I think it's an exciting pickup nonetheless. I think... Just speculating, probably see more Jinmu than Kaneki. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I do think that uh, it's it's a nice nice player to have on your roster. Well, we know uh, when uh, right now. Kaneki is going to play. He's going to be playing against the Valiant um, when they do come around. I think it might be like an easy transition to kind of uh, play him against those teams that they think are a little bit weaker. Just that the very the classic. This team equal kind of weak or really bad we'll field our newer players to get them experience playtime and whatnot uh, on stage obviously not on a stage but um playtime in the league and then uh, they kind of work their way from there i do like the idea though that they are filling these play style holes as well yeah. rather than just like um hero pool related roles it's like oh one of our players can't really play echo let's get an echo player it's yeah. like yeah actually 
they can play Echo. Everybody can play Echo. Um, but this player plays it a certain way. Jinmu, obviously, a little bit greedier. And uh, you're like you were saying before, playing Jinmu's game. I like the idea that they've got, yeah, maybe a little bit overboard on the massive roster, but I'm here, all here for it if we get to see a lot of different players rotate in and out and see a different look to Chengdu every time they bring in a different player. I think it's... I think it's super promising. And this world's yeah. super promising for the um, tier two scene in China as well. Because if you look at, there's obviously a ton of players from um, Korea and China that are playing in the APAC region, all the different kind of leagues. And there is a lot of talent still like, is, kind yeah. of lying in wait. And yeah. so seeing these massive rosters kind of brings hope almost to some of them that might be sitting back like, oh man, I didn't get my chance. Like, you know, maybe yeah. next year, maybe halfway through the season. So it's also pretty good for those regions as a whole as well, I think. Yeah, it's very interesting, actually. The The explosion in Chinese talent for 2021 has led teams like Chengdu and the Hangzhou Spark to pick up enormous rosters this year. Yeah. I mean, enormous. Yeah. When most other rosters are slimming down for the online world where you don't need that many people, there's not as much burnout with travel, um, and you want a cost cut, generally speaking, as well, this is a stark contrast with what Chengdu are up to. And I think they're just trying to buy the most talent as soon as they arise. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about Leaves' position on this team too. He's not, it's not like he's a new acquisition. We saw him last year. But he, he seems to fit like this nice middle star player role now that they have Jimmy alongside him as well. So like the acquisition of Jimmy, which I love that they have... Jinmu, and then they have Jimmy and Kaneki. Kaneki, who has the same name, and Jimmy, who just, I don't know, sounds like Jinmu when he's feeling casual. It's, <laughs> oh, just call me Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. So, but I feel like Leave fits that spot that almost um, somebody like Decay is in for the Washington Justice, where you want Leave in and you want Leave to play the really powerful heroes in the meta at the moment, and then you want the others to kind of fit in around him. And this four-player roster of DPS players, to me, is very promising, the rotation of them. Because it's kind of nuts. Yeah, you can field leave on pure hitscan if you want him to. Or you can field leave on a range of flex DPS stuff if you want to. And you are always probably going to have people that you can fit in around. Like, all right, maybe you don't have like a star tracer player or some kind of specialist like that. And all right, I don't know who's going to be like your lip-level sombra or something, something to that degree. But... For the for the rest of the powerful hitscan and projectile heroes, you have good fits for pretty much everything you could ask for. Yeah. And different versions of those fits as well, because uh, they can play in very different ways. Yeah. I very cool. I, but just brush over Jimmy real quick, the way I guess uh, it was compared to me. It's like sort of like it's sort of like a Kaylee kind of player. You know, a similar skill set to uh, Kalu got picked up by Guangzhou Charge as well. So, you know, very reliable, good, up and coming. Um, I, I got a research document. Didn't it say like very good skill, very mechanical skill? Yeah, very mechanically skilled. A so, research you know, document? You've been sending out your little prodigies I, I, to I gather have an Excel sheet. <laughs> I have an Excel sheet with all 20 teams and I write up all the players and their stories. Believe it or not, sometimes people on reddit they don't trust me this year i'm studying up i'm doing my job in the preseason <laughs> so we're trying real hard here um but yeah i mean it, the, the thing is like i i i type all these things about all these players and Chengdu is like one of those teams where it's like most of the players have something individually really going for them and makes this team so promising because like they're so good for the rest of the region or compared to like their counterparts and like even like when you have four dps players that are really competent and are good in their own way it's just so promising like this prospects of this team so it makes it very hard for me to dislike this Chengdu hunters team when you have even like a fourth dps like jimmy or kaneki that are like good at what they can do alone and just complements the rest of the team so that's sort of why i'm so bullish on this team because like everyone has something going for them uh, and can contribute to the team. So, yeah. But what stuff. do you think the expectations are for this roster? Um, maybe not in terms of... Okay, uh, sorry, expectations. Do you mean like 
what they want to achieve what do you think like the the, the community sentiment is what do you think what what are you individually looking out for i want both in terms of what you think this roster is capable of like what your expectations are for them and what you think they're gunning for because to me this screams that they are taking this season very seriously this roster and the acquisitions they made say to me that they want to be more than they have been in the past two years they want to be well-rounded they want to achieve more wins they want to break out from just being the meme team and be a top team um yeah that to me is what they're going going for is that what everyone else gets the feeling of yeah, yeah. like Among's ball they want to be well-rounded spherical <laughs> making sure they have every base covered completely. god you should have saved that one for a broadcast wow. that was an absolute banger no oh, wow. we're gonna use it again mate don't worry about that <laughs> spherical love to see it yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I mean, I get, the, I get the same, and I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier. Even like w when you acquire this much depth to your roster, and I mean, I guess a reasonable comparison is like San Francisco Shock. Like San Francisco Shock, they don't need to pick up more players because like they have incredible skill position players already at their roles. But they pick up like you know a couple of two, three players to you know round out the roster, and like that really screams to me they're investing into like the best possible version of this team and that's the feeling i get with the chengdu hunters i think if chengdu hunters has a really good year here now they could change their entire brand around from among jinmu meme team to like the chinese powerhouse and i understand that shanghai dragons you know like we can't sleep on them too much but when it comes to specifically chinese players yeah chengdu hunters could be on the forefront of being the go-to franchise for some of these chinese players it's not out of the realm of possibility that after this, se this season maybe league is like hey i want to join the chengdu hunters right, because like right. they're the chinese powerhouse yeah and that also becomes a, a a great thing like we've seen with the san francisco shock this year like if you establish yourself as a really dominant team that takes it seriously, want to compete for the best, contenders players want to join your team, yes. and you're going to have you're going to have like a VIP pass to pick up some of the best Chinese contenders players as well. So I, I think they could snowball if they play their cards right. Chengdu Hunters could snowball into becoming the Chinese powerhouse franchise which is like the go-to place for chinese players and as that region evolves and becomes better Chengdu hunters is going to evolve with that uh, entire player skill ceiling so uh, i'm really excited for about the future prospects of this entire franchise yeah i think it's really it important to ride that as the chinese scene is on the come up right now as well like this is the yeah. year to invest in it but they just won contenders for god's sake yeah in, i think if they achieve anything less than at least third place in the tournaments this year, I think it's pretty disappointing, honestly, considering wow. the depth of their roster. That's and the, really hard. Like, in the depth of their bench. I know, in a very competitive region, but I have pretty high hopes for them, honestly. If they can make this roster work with multiple iterations and they become this Chinese powerhouse, I think anything less than top three is probably going to be pretty disappointing. I kind of agree with you. I think, wow. I think that there are prospects as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Okay, we'll get to the overall rankings when we do it ourselves. But I think their prospects are top three. I think if they don't beat a team like Hangzhou or Guangzhou in the standings, they're going to be disappointed. And I actually yeah. think that, you know, with yeah. the player skill they have on this roster... The inconsistencies of a Seoul Dynasty or a Philadelphia Fusion, I could see them potentially being better than those teams. And then it's like Shanghai Dragons is guaranteed top two, probably even guaranteed top one, right? So I think when you look at the entire region, I think the Chengdu Hunters would want to be top three, and I might place them in the top three. We'll see you later when we do our rankings. Yeah, I, for, that's from their perspective, I think. Like from my right, perspective, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they'll be expecting their expectations okay, okay. coming into this season they will be disappointed if they don't get these top three placings in the tournaments what are you i would put them a little bit lower than that considering right. the power and especially if you got uh, as, as you have uh teams like philly now in the apac region bro like it's gonna be so tough and especially a lot of these players yeah i guess they've just won contenders team cc just a fantastic 
team to be on on the up and coming um as an up and coming player because you're going to get scouted pretty readily and you you best believe you you would have tryouts if you're on that team especially as you won gauntlet recently but because these team uh, some of these players are so fresh and you're going to be mixing in lots of different parts you i think at the start of the season is going to be a dip there's going to be a big lull especially as you have powerhouse teams and players moving over from the na region into the apex region and already bringing in this pre-baked idea of what they want to do and how they um sorry well i guess yeah what they want to do but how they are as a team as well and they know their identity already and especially at the start of the season definitely put them a little bit lower considering philly and whatnot i'd probably put them around fifth uh or something at their full strength fourth and if you know if they do end up popping off hey maybe they go higher yeah i love interesting I love how high you are on this team, Jonathan. I, I, um, um, I started out. I still the... haven't said top three. I still haven't said. I think it's zero ambitions, top three. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, we have to wait until our power ranking episode, which yep, will be out wait and see. early April. Um, the, when I look at this roster, I still have some concerns. Like, I think that, I think that there's a lot to be extremely excited about, but, when I hello again. When I look at this um, <laughs> roster, I'm thinking a little bit like New York, but for totally different reasons. And no. I know that everyone in the community is mega high right now in New York, but I want to I want to pump the brakes a little bit on that. That's based on Scrimbucks. That might come true, but I think when you look at the the New York roster and the Chengdu roster, I think of those as two year projects a little bit, where some of the stuff is going to go really really well and some of the stuff you're going to you're going to rebuild for the next year. I look at this a really large roster. You have uh, you have what 11 people on it and you're hinting that you're going to be signing a 12th. That's an enormous roster. Some of these things are going to work out, but some of them probably are not. When I'm looking at the main support, when I'm looking at the off tank roles, when I'm looking at the overlapping roles within their DPS, that might leave a couple of specialist roles open a little bit. Those are the areas that I see them patching up next year around, like riding this wave of Chinese talent. And truly next year, it will be a super team. Like I think, I think they are currently battling right now. I love that you brought this up, Johnny. I think they're currently battling right now with the Hangzhou Spark for the title of the team that Chinese talent wants to go to. Like that is that is the battle right now. Is do you want to go and join Gushui or do you want to go and join like a full Chinese team? Do are you yeah. are you excited by the prospect of going and joining Gushui and currently Liga and Coldest, or are you trying to join a team where you know you're going to be fielded and you're not gonna have uh, excellent Korean players start over you and you're not gonna have to integrate mixed languages and there aren't those other hurdles for chinese representation within the overwatch league that i think is the is the the big fight in china right now from the outside looking in is for the future of the chinese talent that is probably going to continue developing and probably going to continue to be very good moving forwards um in the tier two scene and I think that this is a bit of a two-year project. I'm not quite as high as you appear to be on them right now, but I am really excited about them. I'm excited. I don't think they're, I don't think they're like there yet with the Chinese super team, but I think they're like two pieces away, and I think next year they, they will be there. But I think the rivalry between them and Hangzhou is alive and well, and those are two teams that could be going toe-to-toe all season long and like competing for the, like, what is it, top four that make APAC tournaments yeah. i could see i yeah, could see chengdu so. making a few of those like what there's four in a season yeah. i could see chengdu making two i think that, that would be really sure. reasonable for sure i think um i think it's only a matter of time until we see a chinese like a, a, a team with majority chinese players or some chinese players being in a final four kind of scenario when it comes to the overwatch league playoffs like the actual playoffs i think it's a matter of time probably not this year maybe next year but i think the the chinese uh, scene is doing some incredible player development right now and are really improving from like 2017 like meme tier so i'm i'm really pumped i think it's a matter of time and i think this is a start of like a great chinese rivalry yeah well that brings us to 
the letter, the arbitrary, silly letter that we're going to apply to all of these teams. Um, Jaws, as the guest, I'm going to give you first dibs on what letter to select. Uh, what what are you going for here? Hmm. I will say, if, I'm if you do it. For... Oh, go, go on, on, go on. No, 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 no. you go. No, when you just say first, Josh. All right. Well, what I was going to say was, you looked like you were pausing deep in thought, really considering 14 million different possible outcomes for the Overwatch League. There's the, running... the amount of players in the roster, yeah, I kind of have to. <laughs> running Mon- Monte Carlo projections in your head. Uh, uh, Custer recently released his Overwatch League 2021 tier list. And and it, likewise, it goes from C... Well, no, he, he he's done his very sillily. He, he's gone from S plus to C tier... And then he just has Valiant what? at the very bottom in a failed management tier. So failed management tier. Yeah, I can tell you that I can tell you that in his very odd S plus to C, he gave Chengdu an A tier. An A tier, which is very high. But when you consider I, that that is actually think... the middle tier. Very weird. Yeah, yeah but he's okay. put A is his middle tier. Okay, if he, if I had done this. I would have said that... C is middle. Yeah, I mean, well, I would have put his A teams in B, moved down the S, and then just have Shock and Shanghai as your S teams. Okay, so and if then, you... like, Phyllis all becomes A. Yeah, I mean, I if you... that's, that's roughly how ours works, right? It goes S to D. Is it? Yeah, we, we have S to D. So what, what are you thinking? Where are you putting Chengdu? And then F, right? No, um, well, an F for Valiant, maybe, yeah, but... Yeah. Um... Well, guys... I don't. C-plus. I don't want to. I don't want to give my letter in relation to Custos rankings because his rankings no, I'm not are bad. I haven't his inspected yes. his rankings. I haven't read his rankings, but they're probably bad. They're probably oh, bad. I, I don't know what if they're good or not, but they're probably bad. He derailed our entire rankings last year. Plat chat, plat chat letter rankings. I'm giving Jaws a break, giving him more time to consider his different different universes. I just said mine three times. Oh, oh you I did? didn't listen. What was it? Oh, okay. C for Chengdu. And then plus because they got a ton more players. You give them a C plus. Yes. Not a B, not an A, a C. Yeah, because C is the middle. C is C the is middle, and I'm thinking C is definitely the below middle. the middle. In our arbitrary <laughs> rankings, if it goes from S to D, then you have S, A, B, D. And then F. S, A, B, C, D. Yeah, but then we got all the pluses and the so C like minuses, and the D average. minuses. Dude, the, this ranking system blows. <laughs> like, actually sucks. Anyway, okay. C plus. C plus. All right. C plus. What do you think of Jonathan? I mean, I have. A, okay, I, S is obviously reserved for like the top teams, Shock right? Shock and Shanghai. <sighs> See, I was going. Okay, I was going to say A, but in relation to the other picks, B makes more sense. But I also think I put some teams in B that I wouldn't compare them to Chengdu. So I guess like a B plus or an A minus? A minus yeah, sounds aggressive, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's Honestly. give them a B plus. I, I want to give them a B plus. Not bad. I, I'm, I'm giving this team a solid B tier. And I think that I would be inclined to give them a bit of a... Uh, I, I like the idea of being generous and giving them a B plus or even feeling confident about giving them a B, but I'm actually leaning more towards the B minus scale because APAC is so competitive. That's the only reason is that I think this team has All a right. lot of potential. I think it has some really great talent. I'm very high on Chinese talent this year that's been doing very well in contenders too, like specifically Farway and Gaga, I think are fantastic additions to this team. Um, but... I do think there's still holes in the roster. And all right, it's difficult to make a team that doesn't have holes in a roster, especially if you're only picking from one nationality, even if it's a massive player base there. But the the competitive nature of APAC means that... I mean, can we... Actually, Kurt, as the final thing that we do, can we bring up their first four games um, on the, actually, the yeah. schedule, wherever they are? Because... I think that I think even though Chengdu are really great, they have a lot of teams that they're going to be really close with. Like... Okay, three win over the Valiant to start oh, out in week one. That's going to do you well. But then Shanghai, they'd probably lose. And, and then loss. I, I'm not confident predicting them against New York or Philly. I don't know. 
Like I really I, don't. Know. I think I don't. I think Philly will um, wipe the floor. Just going on the fact that new players, new roster, lots of moving parts in it. I think Philly will win that one. But like I said before, I think Chengdu Hunters once they get rolling, they got a lot of cogs that they placed in the engine. More cogs, faster the car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, clockmaker wow, jaws. Wow, is that even, that's probably not even true, but I, I love it. <laughs> Of course, more it's cogs, fair. faster car. How much do you know about cars, Johnny? <laughs> How much do you know about cars? Uh, zero. <laughs> there you go. I think they're gonna split the difference, so I say two-two. Right in right. these four right. matchups. Yeah, but I think I, I think the APAC region is gonna be a little unkind to Chengdu, even though they're a good team. So I'm gonna give them a B, For trending sure. towards B minus. But there mm. you go. That's our 2021 team preview for the Chengdu Hunters. Uh, you can catch us again on Saturday, and we will be doing a preview of the Hangzhou Spark, who I think are pretty competitive right now over in the APAC region too, so I'm excited to go through those guys. Then you can catch us for a normal edition of Plat Chat again next week on Tuesday. Bye! <laughs>